the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. This is Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Avadia Blumenthal and I am 11 years old. Coming up on Hi Kids, I'll be speaking to Kevin Ritchie, the Reg the regional executive editor at Independent Media. Also, on the show, I will have the Khakids riddle to challenge your thinking. I will also have the Khakids general knowledge question to challenge your brain. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest. If you want to answer the general knowledge question or if you just want to say ha. Ah. The SMS number is 34519. And that is charged at 1 rand 50 cents. You can send me a WhatsApp on 062... 148-2374-062-148-2374 And please, please sign your name. Get ready for an interesting show on High Kids today. I'll be speaking to Kevin Ritchie, the Regional Executive Editor at Independent Media. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids. Four kids, bar kids. My name is Ovadia Blumenthal. I am 11 years old. I have Kevin Ritchie, and he is the regional executive editor. Did I get that right? You did indeed. Yes. Are you ready for some questions, Kevin? I hope so. <laughs> what is independent media? It's the one of the probably the biggest uh, English language newspaper groups in the country. It's one of the oldest too, but you'll know it by its big titles like the Star. The Pretoria News um, in Cape Town, the Cape Times, Cape Argus, Durban, Durban Daily News, the Mercury. Oh, is it hard to be a writer? You know, it depends. Uh, it, I don't find it difficult to, to write. Uh, do you find it difficult to read me? I think that's the key thing, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, no. Well, you see, I think it's 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 so much fun. If, if it's what, if it, you know, always say if ink's in your blood, if you like to tell stories... Um, it's the best life in the world. Oh, okay. So I like to tell stories, but I prefer to speak them. You see, that's why you're on radio and I'm in newspapers. And on the radio. Double. <laughs> there you go. What magazines do you represent? Well, newspapers, it's, uh, there's a couple of, mm. new, we've got some magazines in the group like GQ and Glamour, um, and Home and Gar- House and Garden. But mostly we're a newspaper company, daily newspapers, um, Saturday newspapers, the Saturday Stars, the big one in Johannesburg, and, of course, uh, a whole bunch of Sunday newspapers as well. Are you also the Sunday Time? No, no, that's a different group, different uh, company. Okay. What, what newspapers do you represent? Well, I personally, I used to work for the Star, but now because I work in the region, I can work on, on a whole bunch of different newspapers simultaneously. What's the difference? The big difference, I think, is that um, when I worked on the Star, specifically worked on the Star only, now, of course, I can work on, on, on different newspapers. I can write stories. I wrote a story today. Do you prefer it? Um, yes. Um, I think there's a, it's great to be an editor. It's a wonderful, wonderful privilege. Um, um, it's something that I think every journalist, every newspaper journalist looks forward to in terms of their life. They want to become one day to have the privilege of editing. However... Being a going back to being a writer or having the space to be a writer again is fantastic. Uh, do you have to know how to take pictures for being a writer? These days, in the old when I first started, no, we oh. had we had specific 
people that would be uh, photographers and we had people that would write and we had people that would work where you couldn't see them. Much like you've got Vusi being your producer, we used to have sub-editors. Mandy's my uh, producer, Vusi's my controller. Well, there you go. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for putting me right. You see how little I know about radio. So um, these days we've got um, journalists and I know as multimedia producers. So what that means is that you don't just write stories for newspapers. You would go out and you would tweet and you would put stuff on Facebook. Um, and because it's this tweeting and, the, and, and this Twitter and this Facebook, you would use a, a smartphone, for example, <clears throat> and you could take audio and upload it. You might take a short video of, say, 30 seconds and upload it. Then you'd be um, <clears throat> writing about it for the newspaper afterwards. And the whole thing is that because it's multimedia, people would be engaging with you while you might be writing your story after having tweeted. Let's say, for example, I was writing a story now about high yeah. kids. Woo. And there you go. And and I would have tweeted it. <clears throat> People would then have responded to my tweets or they responded to the Facebook. That then becomes part of the story. So oh. these days you have to have a lot of different skills. There's still room for huge room for specialists like controllers, like producers, like sub-editors. But most journalists coming into the into the industry today would be expected to be able to work basically on the back of a, of, of a, of a smartphone. Uh, from anywhere in the world. Oh, wow. Can you find independent media on the internet? Yes, you can. Uh, go to www.iol.co.za. It's the second biggest news site, almost wow. about to become the biggest news site in the country. Oh. And you're getting basically the work of 17 newspapers pumping in there all the time. Um, and it's been really jacked up this year. So we're getting a lot of video a lot of audio. Um, yeah, and you can also access it on Facebook, which is great because Facebook allows you to comment. So it's a, it's a wonderful community. And then when people write to you, do you write back to them? Do they comment to you? I think it's – it depends. If it's possible, I like to personally mm-hmm. because I think that's how you create um, a, conversa- yeah, a, a conversation with people. Yeah. But it's a, it's a personal choice. And I think that's the thing with social media is it's very much a personal choice, how you choose to – to engage on those platforms. Um, for me, social media is a very, very good way to find out what's going on across a very broad area very quickly. And, I, and you can only do that when you've got those relationships. So you'll see some of the most successful radio announcers, for example, and talk show hosts have huge um, Facebook sites where they're, they're putting podcasts of their, of their shows up there. They're looking at responses. They're, they're engaging with people all the time. And sometimes those things that people say on that Facebook site become the subjects for the next day's show. Oh, how did you become the regional executive editor? Regional. Um, well, um, I'd been editor of the Star for two and a half years, and the company changed. And we decided to, all the people that run the company decided to have three you know we're in three regions and they chose decided they were an editor in each region who would be the most senior but not necessarily on an actual newspaper so i was chosen to be the one for Gauteng, based here in Joburg. oh wasn't that just like amazing well thank you very much for saying so um (laughs) yeah i think it is amazing it's uh it's amazing to be able to give back and to and to work with with journalists because I think when you're on a title like The Star, and we've got an incredible editor on The Star called Jaffet Nube, 
um, phenomenal man, great leader. But it's great to be able to be in a position to help him and also the staff that are coming in and to work in different areas. So for me, it was it was bittersweet and uh, it was wonderful, a great privilege being an editor of probably the most iconic newspaper in Africa. But it's even better now to be um, in a different position. Which one's better I from think, your liking? Well, if you ask my wife or my kids, <coughs> probably this one now because I'm at home more often. <laughs> and for you? I think I think this one, yeah, because, you know, after I've been doing this now for 26 years, um, so it's nice to come away from working. When you're a newspaper editor, you work about a 70 to an 80-hour week every week. This one's slightly different. Oh. We have a, we have a question, but there's no name. Don't and they worry. said, why are our newspapers so anti-Semitic? You know, that's a... That's a question. It's, it's not the first time I've heard that question. Anti-Semitic, yeah. In other words, um, are they anti-Jewish? And I think the big question is, well, I'd like to tell you they're not anti-Semitic at all. But once again, that depends on your view. If you are, if you have a particular interest in something, what, what you will find with the star in particular is that it has um, a lot of coverage about Israel. And there's a big difference, I think, in my mind, although your mum and dad might not think so. Um, there's a big difference between being anti-Semitic, which is being anti-Jewish, and having reports which are which are negative about Israel, because Israel um, occupies a very special place in the world, and it's very contested. So in my mind, the issues are, are separate, but a lot of people, particularly Jewish people, don't see it as separate. They see it as one and the same thing. So... A lot of people see it as being if you're negative about Israel or if you publish, rather, if you publish reports that are negative about Israel, then you're, you're anti-Semitic and you don't like Jewish people. And I don't think that's true at all. I uh, agree with you. Thank you very much. I'll come back on your show for that, Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to say something, but I went blank. Um, okay, so thank you for your question. What skills do you need to do your job? Wow. I think you've got to really just have an inquiring mind, um, which is a polite way of saying you just got to be nosy. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, a cock. That's what my mum says I am. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I think that you've got to, you've got to, um, you've got to be nosy. You've got to be inquisitive and you don't, you don't necessarily have to like people, but I think it's important that you can get on with people, especially as a reporter. So you've got to be able to, you know, Rudyard Kipling, the famous Victorian poet, wrote a poem called If, and it said, you know, if you if you could do this, you would be a man. If you could do that, you'd be a man. But one line he said, if you can walk with kings and still keep the common touch, if you're able to interview the president and at the same – and within an hour or two hours later go out and do another job where you're interviewing a very ordinary member of society but giving them the same attention – as you would be the president, I think that's what makes a good journalist because you're always interested in telling other people's stories. And I've heard that journalists, like back to the anti-Semitic thing, they have to tell the truth, you know. So it has Absolutely. to be the truth, even though it may sound anti-Semitic to people. I think that what journalists have to be is to be fair and that's always to tell both sides of the story. So there's, yeah. I think there's two things about fairness. One is that you've always got to tell both sides of the story. And the second thing is you can never be part of that story. So 
could you, as a as a as a Jewish reporter, tell a story about anti-Semitism if you were involved in it because it involved someone in your community? No. So then you wouldn't. You would actually ask one of your colleagues to do it, and I think that that's that's an important part. I think there are parts of the well. There's always been parts of the newspaper that are for comment and for opinion, and you'll find all sorts of opinion, and that's not necessarily fair because it's opinion. But news should always be unbiased and impartial and tell both sides of the story so the reader himself or herself makes up their mind what is what is right. Yeah. And as the writer, you like can't make up your own. No, not, like, not, not if it's news. Make your own opinion. So you can. You can if you're writing opinion and your column or your piece in the paper or on Facebook is marked as such. So the reader knows immediately that what you are saying is your opinion. Um, so we call those columns. You'll find them in the middle of the newspapers. The big problem with social media um, is that everyone has an opinion. Oh. And what's happened now is that opinions are starting to masquerade as news. Um, and a lot of people are getting their news from social media platforms like like Facebook. And people are – they'll send you a story and they'll say, but this is what I think. Immediately, <laughs> you're already seeing it in a different way. That's because there's opinion. So – Maybe I'm old-fashioned, old-school. I believe that you shouldn't – if it's news, it's news. The news must tell its own story. And in any case, news by definition comes with a bias um, because, you know, they call news the first, the first draft of history. It's not correct. It's what we expect, what we see right at that very moment with the information that we have at the moment. But tomorrow we might have more information. So the duty of the journalist and indeed of the publishers is to continue to tell the story as it develops. And you might find that a story could begin, let's use left and right. It could begin left, end up right, come back into the middle, depending on the information as people speak to you. Think about it. You're telling a story about um, your next-door neighbor. And your friend tells it to you, and you go to your next-door neighbor, and your next-door neighbor says, no comment. All of a sudden, by definition, your story is one-sided because you only have your friend's part. Aww. You need the next-door neighbor to speak to you so that you can have two sides. two sides of the story. And I've got a friend who's a lawyer, and he said, you know what? In a courtroom, there are four truths, not one. There's the truth that the the, the prosecutor has. There's the truth that the defense attorney has there's the acute the accused person he has his own truth or her own truth and then the judge the judge has another truth so which is the truth and you see it's the same when when you look at the a telling of stories it all depends on where which side you are and how many times you tell that story oh what does your job entail my job is a little bit of writing um a lot of management, a lot of sorting out problems between different departments and in, in, in the different newspapers. So um, coordinating. <clears throat> we've got a sports team. We've got a politics team. We have different news teams. We have phot photographers. And oftentimes it's about um, making sure that they all work together so that the editors of the various titles get everything they need. Oh. Do you have any funny stories? I have one story that... Uh, always strikes I me. Mean, it was when I was working on the Saturday Star and it was this weird thing that every Friday after about half past three 
the switchboard where the telephone calls would come into the star building in downtown Joburg would, would switch off because the people would be going on the weekends. And all of a sudden, those telephone lines would come straight through to the news desk. And the news desk is kind of the, the brain center of, of any newspaper. And it was almost as if someone had flicked a switch and all the loonies in town were now phoning to tell us they'd seen Elvis or there were UFOs. or It was almost as if they didn't have people to speak to, but they needed to speak to someone at the newspaper. Um, and that used to happen every single Friday afternoon about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I think it still happens. <laughs> did, you ever on- did you always answer the phone? Just like, you know, the, the, the problem is that you always have to answer the phone because the day you don't answer the phone, it could be someone telling you about a story that's just happened that you really need to go and cover. And if you haven't answered the, the, the phone, you won't know about it. So you've got to take, you know, it's like all the girls who say they've got to kiss many frogs to get to their prince. Journalists have got to answer many telephone calls to get to that great story. But so do people call you to tell you that there's something going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, very much. I um, didn't know that. You see, today we're on the, in the middle between social media, the new social media, and the old newspapers. So in the days before Facebook, people went to newspapers for everything. Today, because of fake news, because of the nonsense that people are posting on social media, people are coming back to newspapers, but not necessarily in paper, but to news sites which are run by newspapers. Because they know that those same checks, those same standards that we have before we put a story into print, we have that same standard before we put something onto Twitter, onto Facebook, or onto the website. Um, and when you go to a newspaper for help, we've, uh, I've got a colleague called Anna Cox who's been writing a, a column every Friday called Metro Watch for probably 20 years. Wow. Now... When people go to her, they go to her with problems about the city council. They go to her about problems with their, their accounts, their water and lights accounts being too high, or there's water gushing out of the street, or the lights are still burning during the day and people are wasting money. And they would normally have gone to the city council, and the city council hasn't done anything for them. I'm sure. But when you come to the star, and the star phones the city council, the city council sits up and listens. And that's the power of media. Oh, wow. So you call the star and then the star will go and call... Or the Saturday star, absolutely. Oh, that's good to know. What do you look for in a story before you publish it? Um, well, let's, let's start with, is it interesting? Is it news? You know, um, If it's old, then it's old, it's not news. No. Um, news, <clears throat> by definition, has to have just happened. Um, it has to be out of the ordinary. We always say... If a dog bites a man, it's not news because you expect it. But if no. a man bites a dog, then it is news. <laughs> yeah, so, so we look at that. We look at fairness. Have we told both sides of the story? It's difficult to get comment from the dog. but we might, my dog. Uh, okay, but we'll try and get comment from both sides. And is it relevant to our readers? So, for example, Sometimes. if you look at if a man bites a dog. That is relevant. In Uzbekistan. Is that relevant to a man biting a dog in Raydeen? Um, kind of. All right. If you live in um, Raydeen, then it's it's hugely interesting because you probably know who the person is. Now you're going to try and find out if he's named in the paper. So that's the issue of relevance. Do you put real names in the paper? Always. Always. Unless 
unless there would be danger to the person that we've named. You never want to die. So if the person is a is a, a victim of violence, if the person particularly where the violence is, 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 is of sexual or indecent assault, we wouldn't name because you need to protect the dignity of that person and you don't want that person to to go through a second we call it double jeopardy it's almost like becoming a victim twice so you've you've suffered this attack on your on your on, physically and now you read about it again in the paper and it's almost like you've had your dignity stripped away so we're very careful about that uh, what is the process of publishing them okay well in the old days if we look at the Jurassic media you know newspapers um, the stories would um, They'd be written. They'd be sent to the news editor. The news editor would have a look at them. The news editor would then <clears throat> go to conference. If I look at the, the star now, for example, right now the star is deciding. The editor is, is holding conference with all his heads of department, the chief photographer, the, the news editor, <clears throat> the sub-editors who do the production, and they'll be discussing what is the most important story to go on page one, and they cascade it down. Most important story for page two, etc., etc. So the news editor, the writer would have written the story, the news editor would have checked this and made up her or her his own mind about how important that story is. They would then discuss it with the editor. The There would be another person at the conference who will be telling them what's happening in Pretoria, Cape Town and Durban today. And they'll put the whole lot together like a stew and they'll come out of that conference with a with like a road map. So page one will look like this will be a, a main story, another second story. That'll be the main picture, um, because you've only got a limited amount of space on a front page. You'll see there's a lot of blocks that tell you what's in the paper. Uh, so a lot of that's already spoken about, and basically that's how it does it. And then um, papers have to be printed uh, by a certain time, so they can make the trucks to get out to the other parts of South Africa. So um, we have what they call editions. So the first edition would go off at about half past nine tonight. Then the press stops, and the guys will sit back for an hour and a half or two hours, and they'll decide if they need to change anything. So if there's been a what we call a breaking story, if something very, very important has happened, they will actually remake parts of the paper. Like the night that Nelson Mandela died, <clears throat> we remade the paper about eight times wow. between midnight and 12 o'clock the next day. So eventually the paper that came out, all these different editions, by 12 o'clock noon the next day, that paper was totally, totally different from the... And every single page had been changed. Wow. Did it take you so long to change No, it's, it? it's as the news was coming in. Oh, you see, because the, the news came in too. You know, and we knew it was a huge story. And, and that day alone, I think we sold double the amount of papers. And that's a very important thing to remember is because... Everybody thinks that social media or digital media has taken over from from the newspaper, the old traditional newspaper, but it hasn't. Oh. That day we sold twice as much. With Oscar Pistorius, do you remember Oscar Pistorius, the trial of Oscar Pistorius? There was such a huge interest, even though there were TV stations, special Oscar Pistorius TV stations, the papers still used to print more and sell more than they ever had before. How many copies do you sell on a daily basis? Um, the star sells about ninety thousand. Pretoria News sells about, yeah. Pretoria News sells about twenty thousand. Um, wow. So yeah. Okay. What is your motto? My personal one. 
Yeah. Your <laughs> motto? Your personal motto? My personal motto is to do the best that I can. And the stars motto? Or they don't have one? I think it's uh, to, to, to be the voice of Johannesburg. That's a good one. Yeah. Do you have any uncom- uncoming projects that you would like to share with us? Not at the moment. I can tell you some of the interesting ones we've done, though. Um, yes, please. I think the most interesting one I did this year was it was 100 years since the SS Mendy had, had sank. And it was a huge tragedy um, in 1917. And I had the opportunity to speak to a whole bunch of the relatives of the survivors and those people who died. And then to go on board a, a Navy, a South African Navy warship into the middle of the English Channel on the actual hour of the of the centenary of the sinking of this tragedy and write the story about how the, the relatives threw the wreaths into the sea in, in, in commemoration. Oh. Thank you for coming on Kids and telling us about being an editor. We have no time left. Coming up, someone has a birthday and is getting a present from Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. Happy today we have a very special birthday. Happy birthday to Gila Shul, who is turning 12 today. Happy birthday. Your present is on its way from the Kha Kids Birthday Club. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Hi Kids. Four kids, bar kids. My name is Ovadia Blumenthal and I am 11 years old. Are you ready for some more questions, Kevin? I Let's am have indeed. our last one. How long has independent media been around for? I'll tell you what. Independent media has been around in its current form for about 10 years. But let me tell you about the star. The star's been here since one year after they discovered gold. And they came up here, the, the Sheffield brothers came up here from Grahamstown when the gold rush was here. And Johannesburg was the size of what they call today library gardens. It was 100 meters by 300 meters triangle, and that was the market. And by the time the Sheffield brothers moved up from Grahamstown, they were so late that they could only get, they couldn't get a place on the market, they had to move down the road. And you know what? We're still there today, 130 years later. Wow. This is the 130th birthday of the star. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Very important. October the 17th. Um, so, yeah, I hope that everybody will look out for that. Yeah, I will. Do you have any shout-outs? No, just thank you very, very much for having me on your show. I have two special shout-outs to Danny Schwer and Ian Bassarabia. They are one of my biggest fans, those two. Thank you for coming on Ha Kids and telling us about being an editor. Join Ha Kids tomorrow at 3 p.m. for another Ha Kid only on 101.9 Chai FM. Thank you to Vusi and thank you to Mandy and thank you for coming on the show and telling us all about being an editor. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.